0: Good day to you. I am Chris Oram. Today, Dr. Ruth explains how John the Baptist indeed paved the way for the Lord Jesus' ministry, plus much more. Here is our teacher.
1: Welcome to today's teaching. I am Dr. Ruth. Praise the Lord. I am glad you are listening to my teaching today, as uh, hopefully your hearts are open to Learn from the Lord what he will teach us as we continue our teaching in the New Testament out of the book of Matthew. So today I continue with Matthew chapter 3. And what is the gist of this chapter? The gist is that we will learn about a character called John the Baptist. And we will also learn about the baptism of Jesus Christ. So before I get into the verses, let us go over some background information about this man, John the Baptist. So who was John the Baptist? He was a Nazarite, meaning he was set apart for God's service and filled with the Holy Spirit right from his birth. As we will find out, this man, John the Baptist, was 100% faithful to his calling until the end, when he was killed. As I mentioned in the last two chapters, the Jews had not received a prophetic word from the Lord in about 400 years. So John the Baptist was the first prophet who showed up, if you will, um, after about 400 years. So he was really an exciting character. People were really excited to hear what his message was. And his message was primarily the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins as unto the old testament law the law of moses he preached obedience to the law and asked people to repent of their sins he was the forerunner of the messiah i.e his mission was to announce to the jews the coming of the messiah and he dressed in a different awkward manner we will learn that his clothes were made of camel's hair And he was fearless, bold prophet. He spoke the truth with authority. And he was uncompromising in his message. He was not intimidated by the Pharisees or the Sadducees. And he knew his calling. Like I said, he knew he was called or he was birthed into this world to prepare the way for the Messiah. Messiah. And he humbled himself and pointed people to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And when we get to the Gospel of John, we will learn out of John 3.30 that he told his disciples and others that he must become greater, i.e. referring to Jesus, so that I, referring to him, John the Baptist, must become less. So he knew his rightful position. Okay, His primary message was the kingdom of God. And we will get more into uh, that. Uh, so the kingdom of God and uh, preaching repentance. So let's get into these uh, verses here. Just an FYI, Matthew chapter 3, you will find similar information out of Mark chapter 1 verses 3 to 8. And Luke chapter 3 verses 2 through 17. Remember I talked about the synaptic gospel. Or gospels, so you will find similar information in those two other gospels. So let's get into this Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Let me pause right here before I even proceed. Let's define what this word repent means from God's perspective. Hello friends, this is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So, I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So, the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So, the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So, for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay? It will provide... Added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus?, And the other one is, are you moving forward with Jesus for a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA? But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book are you moving forward with Jesus would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today. The advantage of getting both books is that you would save $10. Okay. So again, this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the USA because we cannot ship overseas. But if you live overseas and you're listening to me, you can get these books from Amazon. Amazon. So here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer. Our safe and secure website is drruthtany.org donate. Again, drruthtany.org donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle, 909. 909- 5019031. Again, 9095019031. And then we also accept donations through Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Or if you just want to bless us with a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time, we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts. And God says thank you. And God is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. So I want to thank you in advance for purchasing these additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you. Here is the teaching. Really, repent means, how can I describe this? It, It involves three qualities. Quality, number one, to be repentant means that you have to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you've sinned against God. And keep in mind, all sin is against God, number one and against yourself, and against others. So repent means to acknowledge humbly that you sin against God, and it cannot be coerced. It has to come from your heart. And number two, you have to confess it with your mouth. You have to say it, that you sinned and you are sorry. And the third component, you have to stop practicing sin. You have to make like... 180 degree away from the sinful behavior heading towards God. Those are the qualities of true repentance. So John the Baptist is telling the Jews to repent, to acknowledge they are sinners, to confess it and to stop practicing sin. And then he said, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What is the kingdom of heaven? Now, the kingdom of heaven involves, of course, God's, rule and dominion over his creation earth and heaven and the kingdom of heaven spoken here is not referring to a physical kingdom like a building uh, the kingdom of heaven if you are a believer of jesus christ and you have accepted accepted him as your lord and savior the bible says that god comes and indwells in you and you are sealed by the holy spirit So as New Testament believers, the kingdom of God is in us because God, in the form of his Holy Spirit, has taken up residence in our hearts. So we are the kingdom of God right now. So this is a spiritual kingdom of God because God lives in us. Nonetheless, at the second coming of Jesus Christ, He will set up his physical kingdom on the earth. But until then, this is referring referring to the kingdom of God that indwells us. And back then when John was preaching this message, of course, the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh, has come near. So that is what this is pertaining to. So moving on here to verse 3. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Here we see Matthew again, highlighting fulfillment of scripture. This here, verse 3, is a quotation from Isaiah 40, verse 3. The prophet Isaiah had prophesied that a forerunner, i.e. John the Baptist, would come to prepare the way for the Messiah. So again, we see the Old Testament scripture being fulfilled here. Verse 4. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. (laughs) Pretty distinctive character there. His food was locust and wild honey. Verse 5, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Like I said, he drew many people because they had not heard or seen a prophet in almost 400 years. Verse 6, confessing their sins. There we go. People came to him confessing their sins. Uh, They were baptized by him in Jordan River. Remember I talked about confessing that sin. As an attribute of true repentance, and then after the people came to him, confessed their sins, and um he baptized them. Baptism here, really, and even the doctrine of baptism in the Bible is an outward display of a changed heart. Okay, it's a it's an outward sign of somebody who has truthfully repented of their sins so we we are told how these people were being baptized because number one they had repented and they were um, displaying outwardly their repentance verse four verse seven rather but when he referring to john the baptist saw many of the pharisees and sadducees coming to where he was baptizing he said to them Let me pause here. Before I even continue with uh, verse 7, let me give you some background information about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Back in this time, they had about six or so uh, various religious groups in Israel. One of them was a religious group called the Pharisees. These were... People, these were Jews who believed in all of the Old Testament law and they accepted the resurrection of the dead and they also added their other or other Jewish traditions along with the Mosaic laws. They hated Jesus because they claimed that Jesus did not adhere to the oral traditions and the Pharisees were a group of religious people that comprised people from various segments of society, okay? And the next group were the Sadducees. The Sadducees were a religious sect or group that believed in just a Pentateuch or the five books of Moses. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead, Unlike the Pharisees, the Sadducees comprised of mostly wealthy, upper-class Jewish people. And the Sanhedrin, which was like the Jewish high court, was made up of mostly the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But right away, you could see their differences. They, they disagreed a lot because the Sadducees only believed in the five books of Moses, The Pharisees believe in all of the Old Testament, including other (laughs) man-made traditions. And uh, their biggest difference was that the Pharisees believed in the resurrection and the Sadducees did not. Okay? Then the other or the third category of religious sect were the teachers of the law. These were like uh, professional interpreters of the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, or the... uh, lost out of the five books of Moses. And then there were the Essence, another sect or religious group. This group of Jews uh, paid heavy emphasis on justice, honesty, and they believed, unfortunately, that ceremonial rituals made them holy. All right? And the fifth group were the Zealots, And their goal was to end the Roman dominion over the Jews. And they were highly expectant and believing that the Messiah would be a political leader who would set up his kingdom right there and then and just overcome the Roman Empire. And Bible scholars tell us that Judah Iscariot, who later became one of Jesus' disciples, was a zealot. That he was more interested in Jesus setting up a physical kingdom than the spiritual forgiveness of sin, which was the motive of Jesus' first coming. And then the sixth group of religious sect were called the Herodians. This this was more of a political group uh, that supported King Herod, and these people were a big threat or they were afraid of Jesus because they were afraid that Jesus would overtake Herod and set up his kingdom. So those were the six major religious groups that were um, really in existence during the time that John the Baptist was uh, preaching or, and during the time of Jesus' ministry. So we we go back here in verse 7. But when he, again referring to John, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers. See, he was bold on compromising. He knew they were hypocrites. So he is calling them brood of vipers who want you to flee from the coming wrath. There you go. Verse 8. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Remember? When you truly repent, there has to be some evidence of change in your life. Fruit here is evidence of some form of physical evidence of a changed life. Okay? So John the Baptist is telling this Pharisees, Show us evidence that you have truly changed from inside out. Verse 9. And do not think you can say to yourself, We have Abraham... As our father, I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. There you go. Uh, John the Baptist is just saying that don't be deceived because honestly, God can still raise up people who truly love him, people who truly honor him from their heart. Versus you, Pharisees, who are really hypocrites. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord friend, are you being blessed yet? I'm trusting God you have been blessed and encouraged by his word because the word of God never returns void. So friend, as you are being blessed, would you please send me an email to just let me know how these teachings are blessing you, encouraging you and transforming your lives. Here is our email address, info at drruthtani.org. Again, that is info I-N-F-O at DrRuthTanyi.org And I personally read all the emails sent to me. So I look forward to hearing from you how these teachings are blessing you. It will really encourage me and my uh, staff here at the ministry to know that uh, the Lord is using this to transform your lives. And also check us out on Facebook, And on YouTube, uh, Dr. Ruth uh, Tanyi Ministries, and I have other teachings there, and also sign up for my e-newsletters. Just visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. Just scroll down, you will see a box that says subscribe uh, to our email list. Enter the best email address there, you will be subscribed. And we do send out e newsletters once, sometimes twice a month. And in those uh, newsletters, we have Bible teachings as well. Uh, so there are many ways that uh, you can receive Bible teachings from us. So please stay connected uh, with us and continue to listen to these uh, podcast teachings and grow in God's Word. Verse 10. John the Baptist is going to tell them now about the judgment that is already in the world because Jesus was already in the world. Verse 10, the axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So true, the axe is already at the root of the tree there is referring to the Pharisees impending judgment if they do not repent. And John the Baptist went on to say in verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. There you go. He is already humbling himself, knowing his right place in the kingdom. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He is referring to the Lord Jesus now. And this was really... Pointing to, or John the Baptist was already alluding to the baptism by the Holy Spirit or the baptism from the Holy Spirit. And we saw that happen in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured down onto the church. And obviously when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ as a child of God, and then you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 tells us that. So we see John here already talking about the type of baptism that believers would would go through when they accept Jesus Christ. So John the Baptist Baptist is saying that my job is just to baptize you after you repent of your sins. But Jesus Christ is a baptizer. So we move on to uh, verse twelve here. John the Baptist continues; he's he's referring to um, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What is going on here? John the Baptist again is alluding to the kind of punishment that those who refuse to repent will endure. And going back here in verse 2 of, he says he's a whining fork. He's referring to the judgment from Jesus for people who reject him, for people who refuse to repent. And the winnowing fork is, is a fork that is used to separate Uh, wheat from the chaffs so what john the baptist is saying here is that the judgment that jesus christ will the judgment that jesus christ will bring onto the world will be like separating the wheat from the chaff and the wheat would be the ones who would come to true repentance who would accept him but then the chaffs will go to unquenchable fire i.e those who reject jesus christ So again, this is just alluding to the end result of those who reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. As uh, we would later find out that a lot of these Pharisees and Jews would later on reject Jesus as the Messiah and they will deal with uh, the wrath of God. And this is applicable to everyone today who would reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Unfortunately, they... Will endure the wrath of God, but that is not God's will for anyone. So let me ask you before I even proceed here have you repented? Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of all of your sins? Have you accepted his sacrifice of your sins? If not, you can do that right now so you don't end up with this unquenchable fire that John the Baptist. Is saying here, okay? And all those, all the chaff with with the unquenchable fire are just useless to God. You don't want to be useless. You want to be useful because God created you in his image. So it is easy as just asking Jesus Christ to come into your life, receiving his forgiveness, and then you will become a child of God and you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. All right? Okay, moving on here to the last few verses of uh, Matthew chapter 3 here. This information I am about to go over will cover Matthew three thirteen all the way to the end of this chapter, which is verse 17. You can find similar information in the Gospel of Mark 1, 9 through 11 and Luke 3, 21, and 22. And also the Gospel of John has uh, uh, this information as well. John 1, 31 through 34. It has to do with the baptism of Jesus Christ. Before I even get into these verses, let's go over some background information here. Some of you may be wondering. I remember when I was in school getting my master's uh, degree in ministry, this was a very debated topic in one of my New Testament classes. Jesus Christ was and is a perfect man, sinless. He never committed a sin. So why did he have to be baptized? I had just mentioned that John the Baptist was announcing to the Jews to come and repent of their sins and then they had to be baptized as outward evidence or physical evidence of repentance. But Jesus... Was sinless. Perfect. Why did he need a baptism? Let's go over this. Number one. It was to fulfill scripture. It was to fulfill all all of God's perfect laws. Number two. It was for obedience. Jesus was a humble man. Jesus obeyed all of God's law. So when Jesus went to John the Baptist to be baptized, he did not go because he had sins that he had committed. No, he went to fulfill the scripture, number one. Number two, he went as an act of obedience and to show the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody else his humility and to show an example for them as well. And number three was to advance God's work, okay? And then, like I said, Number four, I think I had already mentioned that, is so that he can provide an example to his followers. And number five, many Bible scholars say one reason why Jesus had to be baptized, it was like a baptism, repentance for the nation of Israel collectively. So Jesus Christ going to John the Baptist to be baptized was saying that, Hey, I stand in place or I am coming to represent the collective nation of Israel's sins. And the last reason is to support the work of John the Baptist. So those were the reasons why Jesus Christ had to be baptized. Again, he was a perfect man. He is a perfect man. He did not sin, but he went for these reasons. So let's get into these verses. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Verse 14. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? So John the Baptist recognized again Jesus' power and authority. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) you should baptize me but look at jesus's response in verse 15 jesus replied let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness just like what i was saying in other words in other words jesus is saying no no let you baptize me so we can fulfill god's law so I can be in obedience in accordance with God's law so we can fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness, they're referring to God's holy laws and standards. Then John consented. John agreed. Verse uh, 16 As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw. The Spirit of God, this is John the Baptist now, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. Now, let me say this real quick. The Spirit of God there, this is not saying that uh, the Spirit of God looks exactly like a dove. The Spirit of God is not a dove. This is just (laughs) a, a way to express that the Spirit of God aligned himself with Jesus to... Affirm to John that Jesus was indeed really the Messiah. Uh, moving on here to verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well placed. So we see here that God, an audible voice of God, was heard, affirming Jesus's action to be baptized in obedience so as to fulfill uh, the righteous. Scriptures, The appearance of the dove is what we call a theophany. And a theophany means the visible manifestation of the invisible God in a form tangible to the human eyes or senses. And in this case, God manifested himself in the form of a dove. So that is a classic example of a theophany. Okay? And we're going to read again as we proceed here in the book of Matthew, out of Matthew 17, 5, how the voice of God would again affirm Jesus as his son. Now, this verse here points us to a very, how can I say this? A key crucial doctrine of the Christian faith, which is the doctrine of the Trinity. The word Trinity itself is not found in the Bible, but the teaching is found in the Bible. This is a classic example right here. What does the doctrine of the Trinity teach? It teaches that we serve one God in three unique, distinct persons with three unique, distinct roles. God the Father, God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. This is a common doctrine that is accepted by the three major Christian how can I say faith or Christian denominations, if you will. Uh, we have the Protestants, we have the Catholics, and we have the Orthodox. Okay, these are the three major Christian branches, rather, not uh, faiths. The three major Christian branches. The Protestants, we accept. The doctrine or teaching of the Trinity, the Catholics, and the Orthodox. This is what makes us unique. And I had explained this already in my Old Testament teaching that the Jews reject this. uh, The uh, so-called religious cult of the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons, they reject this. The bottom line is that we see here God the Father speaking in an audible voice. And we have been taught here that God, the Holy Spirit, was descending like a dove, aligning himself with Jesus God at his baptism. So we see all parties of the Godhead in operation here. Okay? So that is what I really wanted to highlight there. And that brings us to the end of that chapter okay so what are the major principles we have learned out of matthew chapter three number one repentance i talked about that already it has to involve three aspects it has to be genuine from your heart it cannot be coerced and you have to acknowledge that you've sinned against god and number two you have to confess it outwardly with your mouth and number three you have to stop practicing the sin and turn away from the sinful behavior second principle that of the doctrine of the trinity we serve one god in three distinct unique persons god the father god the son and god the holy spirit equal in power and divinity but they have unique roles and as i explained earlier this doctrine of the Trinity is a teaching that is evident across the scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it is something that we accept by faith, okay? Because this is how God has presented Himself to us in the Holy Scriptures. So we cannot attempt to understand this. In our finite minds. So by faith we accept it. Okay. Principle number three. We learned how prophecy was being fulfilled. Out of Isaiah 43. John the Baptist was prophesied by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. That he would be a forerunner for the Messiah. We saw that in operation. So. Moving on to the major application, the biggest one is repentance. And I had already talked about this. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, this is a good time for you to do that. That way you don't end up in hell. Hell is real. But most importantly, Jesus came to give you life abundantly, exceedingly. Jesus wants you to live that blessed life that He died on the cross for you to receive. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, just simply ask Him to come into your heart and make you a new person. And like I said in the last two chapters in this book, Jesus Christ is the only way to having a relationship with God the Father. There is only one Messiah, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He came to give you life. No other religious leader in the world or in the history of the world can give you life. Only Jesus fulfilled all of God's perfect laws perfectly. He died on that cross and was raised from the dead on the third day. Which is why the Bible says out of Acts 4, 12, there is only one name given unto mankind. By which salvation must come. The man Jesus Christ. If you believe in your heart. That Jesus Christ. Was God in the flesh. He died on the cross. And after the third day. He was raised from the dead. All you have to do. Is just say Jesus come into my heart. The Bible tells us. In the book of Romans chapter 10. That if you believe in your heart. And you confess Jesus Christ. As Lord From your mouth, Jesus Christ will accept you. So, if you want to do that right now, it's simply saying this prayer out loud. Again, if you are driving, just pull over, or you can say this prayer while you are driving Dear God, forgive me for all of my sins. I receive forgiveness of my sins right now dear Jesus come into my heart and change me make me a new person by faith I believe you have accepted me right now dear God fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be strengthened to live daily as a Christian by faith I believe you have accepted me God jesus christ and i am filled with the holy spirit today i declare i am a follower of jesus christ thank you god in jesus name amen if you said that prayer based on the authority of god's word i declare you a follower of jesus christ just contact us so we can send you more resources to help you to grow and if you are a christian who is living in sin Jesus loves you. He wants you to repent. I have already described what true repentance looks like. Just simply repent. God will accept that. And fill you with his Holy Spirit. And strengthen you to live away from sin. Okay? So let me just pray for everybody right now. Father God, I come to your throne in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all the listeners today. Thank you for all those who have asked you. To forgive them. Thank you that you are a faithful God. That you have forgiven them. You've cleansed them with the perfect, precious blood of Jesus Christ. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. That you are leading and guiding them daily unto all truth. We thank you, Father God. By faith, I believe you have answered this prayer. And in the name of Jesus, I have prayed. And everybody says...
0: I hope you have already learned a great deal about the Messiah Jesus Christ if you'd like to learn more a lot is happening here at Dr. Ruth Taney Ministries so if you have not yet visited our website drruthtaney.org that's d-r-r-u-t-h t-a-n-y-i dot o-r-g please do so and check out our bookstore for more Bible teaching materials while you are there Sign up to receive Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching newsletters and register to attend one or all of our upcoming events. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch Dr. Ruth's teaching videos 24-7. Then follow us on Facebook. I am Chris Oren. Enjoy today's blessings. Goodbye.